Ajahn, uh, Ajahn Sumedho is you know, famous for saying, whenever I think of myself, I get depressed. And that's a good one, and I can really relate to it. <clears throat> and I think what he is pointing to is whenever I think of what I want, what I wish I had, what I wish I didn't have, how the conditions are not the best for my comfort, desires, aversions. Whenever I think of how I could uh, have things just a little bit better, I get depressed or self-righteous or generally crabby. <laughs> or a bit demanding. <laughs> the fingers start pointing. <clears throat> but what what long what long for Pasano was talking about in this in this talk of his in nourishing the roots um, you know what he has been teaching for a long time and what the Buddha taught is to uh, use skillful thinking to brighten the mind, to settle the heart. And one of the ways that we can apply skillful thinking is simply by remembering what is good, what is beautiful, what is generous, what is peaceful, what is kind. And uh, particularly, how we have brought those things into the world. You know, the Buddha did actually teach, you know, six recollections that were designed to uh, give lay people um, where there, there is this teaching of the six recollections that are designed to give lay people, non-monastic practitioners, uh, faith in themselves, faith in their practice, and faith in the Buddha, faith in the Dhamma, faith in the Sangha. And uh, one of the most powerful uh, ones for me has been to uh, recollect my own good actions, recollect the times when I, when I, brought generosity to a situation or, um, you know, followed the precepts when uh, it was difficult or even uh, followed the, it's really fun to, to, to think about the times or notice or recollect the times when I followed the precepts without even thinking about it. (laughs) That's even better. I love the embodiment of this practice after so many years it's like i just can't do certain things anymore they they don't exist in my um in my menu of choices Uh, but i do know that it can be uh, difficult to implement this practice without feeling a little bit uh funny about it and uh, if you're like me, you're not particularly practiced in saying a lot of, you know, wonderful things to yourself about yourself. <laughs> uh, that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> I like to make jokes. 
<laughs> that's how I move through it all. But, you know, jokes aren't settling my mind. And what really works <laughs> is to remember some of that really granular, crunchy, um, the details of uh, what this practice has brought about for me. And so this morning, you know, um, I did that. And uh, yesterday I, I went to the um, Pacific Hermitage because Ajahn Sudanto has been gone for a long time. He's been gone for a year on sabbatical and he's going to be gone uh, again another four months um, up in Birkin. And he's going to be here just for four days and only taking guests for two days. <laughs> so I really wanted to see him. I wanted to connect. I wanted to look at his face, you know, talk to him, make a cup of coffee. And uh, so I went out there yesterday and spent the day. And, you know, the, it, all of those choices, according to this tradition and also um, according to the uh, according to, the, you know, my, my embodied experience are, are meritorious actions or good things. Um, all of those choices to get in the car, to drive to the hermitage, to bring a meal, to, you know, eat with others, to clean up, to have a cup of coffee with Ajahn, to talk to him about some board stuff. All of that is, you know, good, essentially. Um, but that was a way too much to, you know, bite off <laughs> for my meditation. Couldn't, you know, didn't want to sit there sort of like basking in, in the glow of my Saturday. And, and even though it wasn't even, it wasn't even conscious, I just knew that, you know, sort of like I went to the hermitage yesterday, that wasn't going to settle my mind or my, or my heart, even though it felt really good the whole time. And, um, what kept coming up for me, this kind of visual, was uh, just putting out onto the table the salad that I brought. Just, just putting it onto the table yesterday. And, and I could picture myself sort of opening the lid to the container and um, setting it. I brought some uh, sunflower seeds and almonds and raisins. And I didn't want to put them on the salad for various reasons, but I wanted to put them on the side. And so getting the bowls and spoons uh, to put the, the toppings on the side. And, and I was getting all these bowls and spoons in the, uh, in the kitchen and, and someone came up and, and I said, Oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm getting some bowls for all these toppings. And, uh, and they said, well, go for it, but you're going to have to wash those bowls. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I will wash these bowls, you know, check. So, you know, just taking on that sort of, yes, this is an effort. This is a pleasure. This is, you know, one right step after the next. Um, and, you know, we can bring the, especially if we are mindful when we were doing the thing, you know, it's hard to remember something that we kind of like spaced out during, or we weren't present when we were doing it. It's hard to remember it later. It's hard to get a lot of, you know, benefit out of it later if we weren't paying attention when we were doing it in the first place, right? So if I was kind of 
slopping my salad on the table and slopping the almonds on top. And I think I did slop some dressing around, but I blame that on the dressing. I could remember today those little things, those tiny actions, those small choices that led to a, a, a beautiful result, which was, um, you know, if we sort of pull back to the, to the 10,000 foot level, all of those tiny actions um, are for the are for the connection of uh, the sangha that began 2,600 years ago to feeding a monk today, so he can practice and be uh, with us in a community, you know, come to live another day in robes. But we don't need to sort of always be looking at things from from that really uh, sort of broad view. We can be aware in the moment of the goodness that we're bringing and then recollect it later and enjoy that feeling, that feeling that um, at least, you know, for that five, 10 minutes, I wasn't engaged in anything, um, you know, negative. I mean, Ajahn Pasano says, he loves that, he really, connects to and really loves when, when people chant together because for that 15 minutes, nobody's saying anything unskillful. <laughs> We're busy <laughs> being skillful. <laughs> no, it's like when my uh, son starts kind of getting into tornado mode, I always have 10 things for him to do. <laughs> Here's my bag of skillful tricks, dear. <laughs> You can come up with one of your own or you can pick any of these. And that's how this practice is for me. I can come up with my own, you know, good ideas or bad ideas, negative choices, you know, uh, skillful actions. Uh, And because of this practice, because of the years of this practice, I had this giant bag of tricks, you know, to pull from as needed. It's been a really, uh, quite a a wonderful, hmm, really several weeks, you know, in this practice, connecting with Long Propasano was here and Ajahn uh, Sudanto who came back and being with other practitioners and, um, and also, uh, I don't know about you, but things are especially sweet in this practice when you get to learn a couple lessons along the way too. That's not easy, <laughs> uh, but it feels really good. Ultimately, if there's a um, an embodiment of those lessons, when there's uh, kind of the light bulb 
comes on and doesn't burn out right away immediately. <laughs> that feels really good. Uh, and I and I recognize I recognize now that um, that I have a lot of uh, really smart and, and skillful and gentle and and kind and um, helpful and practiced uh, people around me. And I still don't listen to them <laughs> all the time when I should. <clears throat> I got into a um, I got into a I got into a conflict uh, recently with an with another practitioner, and uh, I sort of couldn't believe it. <laughs> what? What me? <laughs> I'm in a conflict <laughs> with another practitioner. <laughs> How has this happened? <laughs> I'm out of practice. Well, you know what? I'm out of practice peopling at all. It's been like a year and a half. You know, I, I was one of these people that really dug into the pandemic. You know, oh, it's so nice not humaning most of my day. Like I really, you know, people are scary and loud, and I try to try to keep all that to a minimum. Uh, but I was really out of practice being in community, I think, and being in, um, in, in real physical, verbal contact with other people, like it is a practice. And um, so when I, I ended up in this conflict with this person, uh, I sort of, um, I didn't know what to do. And I was really confused. And I was really hurt. And you know, it wasn't looking good. And uh, I asked a friend and they said, well, call them. And I was like, eh, okay. And I didn't. <laughs> I sent an email, which went every kind of awry. You've all been, everyone's been there in the digital age. And then I talked to somebody else and I was like, oh, you, you know, you're a good friend. You're a good practitioner. What this is going on? What should I do? And they said, call them. And I was like, mm, I don't, it's not going to be productive. I don't think we'll get anywhere. I don't know how, the, I don't know. How, we're not going, we're not, we wouldn't be going into it with the same objective. So coming out of it, you know, how's that going to go? And uh, I talked to somebody else and usually I don't do this. I really stuff these things, you know, but I talked to somebody else. I think in retrospect, I was looking for, um, validation and thank god nobody gave it to me so i <laughs> talked to a couple more people oh you you need to make that personal connection and i couldn't get there because uh i think that i just uh felt it wouldn't be productive and um i was frankly a, a little bit afraid of how what the result of the conversation would be i didn't want to make things worse basically and um, so then I asked Long Por Pasano, you know, who is my teacher of 17 years, um, whose advice I listen to because I have to, supposed to believe in, have faith in. And uh, laid it out a little bit 
he had actually seen most of it play out anyway. And he said, call them. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> so very slow learner, very hard headed, <laughs> very, you know, fearful place, um, habitually fearful place, make that personal connection, afraid to make things worse, you know, with my <laughs> awkwardness. And, um, but, uh, but I, but, but, you know, what he was saying, what the Buddha was saying in this, in this uh, first page, you know, is, is um, I've heard this over and over in doing this practice and my tradition, a monk comes to the Buddha and asks him for instruction so he can go off and practice diligently. Curiously enough, the Buddha actually admonishes him, speaks to him pretty sharply saying, what is this? People coming and asking questions, not bothering to follow up on the practice. So, you know, what is the point really if we're not going to do the work? You know, what is the point of coming in contact with these uh, monastics and cultivating this really beautiful and skillful practiced community? Um, If when it comes to those times of difficulty and um, conflict and confusion, that we, we, why not rely on the practice? Why not rely on our Kalyanamita? Why not rely um, on our teachers? If we ask, what should I do? And we get a really good answer. <laughs> probably should just go ahead and give it a whirl. You know, I asked uh, Long Propasano about this um, conflict directly, and, and he said, essentially, you know, you got to make that personal connection. Um, but he had actually said that also during, you know, the, the Dhamma talk and also during a talk where I was one of just a few people in the room <laughs> days prior. and. So the message you know, had been coming to me from him. You know, every time I was in a room with him, he wasn't saying anything else. Anytime I looked at him, hi, you should make a personal connection. You know, he just kept repeating it. And, um, you know, if you're like me, that's what, that's what we need sometimes. Just um, to have faith in this practice um, and that there is no, you can't get around the Dhamma. It just can't get around it. It's just there for us. We can put our, you know, foot in the stream anytime we want to but it's just gonna be running by us, you know, until we're ready. So, and sometimes it takes time. We were talking yesterday at the, at the Hermitage about um, multiple lifetimes and rebirth. And um, I was surprised, you know, a few years ago to uh, coalesce around kind of to, my heart settled around this concept of 
of rebirth and multiple lifetimes because I just need it. Like I, I'm not going to be done. <laughs> I am a too slow <laughs> and too stubborn <laughs> to get the work done <laughs> this time. And so there's something very uh, supportive to me about, you know, getting that, getting that next lifetime. If, if, uh, if I can't get finished with the work <clears throat> in the next few years. So I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's just really great to be here and, and lovely to see you all. I was sorry to miss um, Ajahn Tanisro yesterday, but I was really glad to make a, make a connection at the Hermitage. And uh, I've been now, when I do something like this in, in practice, and I tend to get really excited and, and, and practice a lot. So you might hear from me. I might call you on the phone. It could get really awkward. <laughs> But it's feeling really good to me to uh, push beyond my own fears and boundaries and um, past conditions uh, and, and just saying hello, looking people in the face, um, connecting in some small way. So I really appreciate you all being here and, and, and you, Sarah, today. <laughs>